Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, it is a goal-tending special here. We have brought an expert with us to talk all things Canadians prospects and maybe a surprising little Alex Newhook uh, scouting report coming in later in the show. All that and more inside today's episode. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 886 of Locked On Canadians. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day, wherever you get your daily podcasts, Google, Apple, Spotify, or if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you so much. Subscribe so you don't miss any of our live episodes or any of our shows daily here. And if you are watching on YouTube, you can already tell we have a very special guest with us today. We have been asked so many times, Laura and myself, and I'm very good at introducing my co-host here because I am rushing through this introduction. Because we have so much to share, uh, Laura and I are very excited. We have a very, very special guest to answer all of your goaltending questions that we have pretended to know a little bit about since the draft. We are welcoming Greg Ballack from EP Ringside. He does all their goaltending scouting as part of their 2023 draft guide and beyond. Greg, thank you so much for joining us. How are you on what is a disgustingly muggy day in Western New York for me? And I'm sure it's still raining in Montreal for Laura. <laughs> well, I won't uh, I won't bother you with the beautiful weather that we're having here in Vancouver. But it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's great to be on and it's uh, my favorite topic, goalies. So uh, come at me with whatever you got. <laughs> so we got asked about this a lot because in the 2023 draft, the Canadians did two things. They made everybody mad and our working theory is... They're trying to make a goalie Megazord out of everybody they have picked in this draft. And starting with the nicest pick in the draft, 69th overall, <laughs> they picked Jacob Fowler, who I immediately went, yes, this makes so much sense. I know a lot of people love Jacob Fowler. A lot of people smarter than myself love Jacob Fowler. And we knew the Habs needed a goalie. And the immediate reaction from a lot of people was, this makes a ton of sense. What do we need to know about Jacob Fowler and why is he probably now the top goaltending prospect in the Canadian system? Well, the, the Canadians didn't have a, a great system to begin with. Then it came to goaltenders, at least going into this draft. So there was a lot of room for improvement, but uh, they certainly did that. And they were one of the teams that I called out as uh, a team that I really liked what they did in the draft. And, uh, you know, I, I actually had Jacob Fowler as my number two guy behind Trey Augustine in the draft. And that's how much I liked him. So I was uh, trying to contain my excitement a little bit when I saw that the <laughs> Habs were able to, to nab him uh, after the initial run of goalies kind of went off the board already. And it was a bit of a later selection. I thought they they scored big time with that selection. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm biased towards the goalies, of course. People will see that. But uh, I really do think he's a, a value pick at that selection because uh, I just like the, the path that he's on. You know, he's going to Boston College. You've seen guys like Joseph Wall come out of there, Demko, Schneider. If you go a little bit further back, it, it allows them some time to breathe and some time to develop. And he's, he's still pretty raw at this point. But, you know, he's he's got a lot of strength in his game. And it was kind of surprising to hear uh, some of the criticism uh, criticism of him being his conditioning and, and stuff like that, because I never saw any of that as an issue for me. Um, I thought he was actually, uh, you know, 
post to post, one of the quicker goaltenders that I saw this year out of anybody, and obviously for me to rank him that high. So uh, yeah, I, I love the pick and uh, I think you should ignore, ignore a lot of that criticism that you hear about him. I think he was uh, uh, one of the better goalies available in this. I, so I guess my question is, I don't know if we lost Greg or not. He's frozen here on our screen for a second. I still got you. I can still there hear you. There he is. All right, cool. All right. I was a little um, worried for a second, um, but I'm glad you brought up the conditioning because I think one of the things in today's NHL uh, that maybe might not have been a factor as much, you know, 10, 15 years ago is just how athletic goalies have to be. And like, and especially their lateral movement, like that's something that comes up a lot which didn't obviously the, the game has changed so much over the, over the, over the past couple of decades. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's, it's really cliche to say it doesn't matter like what your size is. It's, it's how you perform, but there are a lot of athletes out there that get criticized for things like that. And then you look at them, you look at the, the way they perform. So is he somebody whose reflexes and quickness we should worry about at all? I don't think so. Like I, like you're saying the, the goalies at, at this level already need to be conditioned to a certain point to even be able to play at the USHL level like Fowler was doing, you know, it's uh, it's kind of a moot point to me. It's I can see the concern from general scouts that might say, Hey, you know, the pace is only going to get quicker from this point. How is he going to fare against even quicker opponents? And there's general concern there and, and I get it, but um, I think he's going to be able to adjust. That's something that's very controllable in my eyes. That's not something that you're leaving up to talent. That's just hard work and something that he's willing to put in He's drafted by an NHL team now. I would assume he's willing to put the work in and do it. He's going to a great program, like I said. So for me, that's a moot point. He has a terrific framework. Uh, He's one of the better goaltenders. A lot of goalie coaches will talk about their post integration, and that's using their net to push off and get good, solid uh, seals on the post if there's a tight post play. He was one of the best at it out of anyone in this draft class. Trey Augustine was my number one. He was about as good as you can get. So uh, to be second to him is is still saying a lot so i think it's uh yeah i don't think they should look into those concerns at all i think it's uh, a great selection like i said he seems very competitive too and he's driven by that when he was talking with the media after a selection he said pressure is a privilege he seems to want to invite that even internal competition for himself and obviously hockey east is a very competitive conference where he's going to go play at boston college with a bunch of those guys from the U S national team program there that, you know, we heard so much about on the other side of the puck. And I guess my next question is with this is that we know goalies take a little bit of time and we've seen the Canadians take this pipeline of guys from the USHL into the NCAA and then into the next tier into the next level there. What does the timeline look for a player like Jacob Fowler? You said he still has a little bit of rawness to his game and a little bit to develop, but Mm. Are we talking two years of college, three years of college, like, or is he going to go the full four years and go and we're going to be, is he going to sign? Is he not going to sign doing the, the Eric Portillo panic uh, for Sabres fans last year? Yeah. It's a bit of a loaded question, right? Cause anytime you go the college route, the option for four years is there, right? And that's part of why I love that reason for goalies, because if they need that sort of runway, they have it. And like I said, he's going to a wonderful program, very competitive program. Like you said, it's a, it doesn't get much more competitive than Boston College and the Hockey East, like you said. So, yeah, for me, it's uh, the timeline's hard to pin down on a guy like that. I'm not a big believer of the the goalies develop later mindset. That's a whole other conversation we'll have to save for another podcast. But <laughs> I do think goalies are babied a little bit in the environment that we see in the NHL. There's only 30 starter spot, 32 starter spots in the NHL now. 
that's not a lot, right? So a lot of goalies, it's it's tough for them to break in and get that first opportunity. That's why you see goalies come into the league later. It's not because they peak at a later date or anything. So for, for a goalie like Fowler, when he's going into college, like I said, you, you have the option of four years. I don't think you'll need all four years. I think uh, in a case like Joseph Wall, who I think the, the Leafs have actually babied a little bit. I thought he should have been their guy even earlier than this. They're kind of figuring it out this playoff that he's he might be their guy. I think he was already ready for that. And I think you might see a similar trajectory for Fowler in terms of when he's ready. So maybe only a couple of years of college would be enough for him if he's able to quickly take that next step, which I certainly think he's capable of. But the other question is you got the Habs pulling things as well. Do they want to push him along that quickly? They're going to want to time it out in a way that's preferable to them. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into these questions of how long a guy is going to go to college, right? So a lot of it comes down to his play though. And he might force their hand. And I can certainly see it only being a couple of years for him in school. And the thing is here with the Canadians in this NHL draft, they have loaded up on players. He will not be the only uh, young prospect in the next couple of years coming into development camps, potentially coming into rookie camps. We're going to talk about one of the other picks from this draft, a goalie out of the QMJHL, mm-hmm. a Quebec born goalie, uh, which not a, not a common thing as much in recent years in Montreal. We're going to dive into What makes Quentin Miller tick? Is he a hidden gem and all that coming up in our next segment? But first, today's show is one of our sponsors is AG1. They are a daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. It's the best thing to have in the morning because it gets your day started right. It goes great after your workout, before your workout, on your way to work. It helps me do everything I need to get my day started in the morning. I've always been a slow riser. This gives me all the vitamins, minerals, probiotics, everything that I need, and it gives me the sustained energy and mental focus I need throughout the day to build that strong foundation every day. And all great athletes have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies, and a huge part of that starts with optimizing your whole body health, and that's why a lot of them drink AG1, and that's why we are a huge fan here at Lockdown Canadians. With every daily serving, you're getting up to 75 high-quality ingredients that give you the daily nutritional insurance you need for support, energy, focus, strength, and clarity So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network to try it today. We are back here at Lockdown Canadians. It is a goalie special. It's the best kind of special because goalies are always special. Mostly because Laura and I cannot pretend to be goalie experts on this show all the time. I can only know puck, they stop puck good, puck go in bad. And sometimes that's the Canadians' defense. Most of the time, that's the Canadians' defense in the past couple of years. But we have Greg Balak of EP Ringside. He is their goaltending expert as part of their 2023 NHL draft guide, which I know the draft has passed. You should still go pick it up. It's a great read if you want to learn more about who your team picked. And if you're going who, trust me, they've got you covered here. Uh, when I DM'd Greg originally to ask if he wanted to be on this show, I mentioned Jacob Fowler, and he jumped right in and said, I've got plenty to talk about with Quentin <laughs> Miller, too, coming from the Quebec ramparts of the QMJHL. And I went, great, because I didn't know who this person was or anything like that. So my hope is that, Greg, is this a little bit of a hidden gem? Because I know the QMJHL is notoriously a high-scoring league. Goaltending stats don't always look the most 
beautiful and bright as you would see like some numbers out in the WHL where guys have 930, 920 save percentage. And I know goalies are not judged only by their save percentage, <laughs> but posting an above 900 save percentage in a league where goals flow like water feels pretty impressive on a very good Quebec team. Tell us about Quentin Miller and what we need to know about uh, the, one of the newest Habs goalie prospects here. Yeah, even, even from a pure numbers standpoint, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. The the 900 save percentage is, is pretty good in, the, in leagues like that in most years. You know, a lot of times the league average save percentage is sub 900. So, yeah, he's he's not a guy who a lot of scouts saw a lot of. He didn't play a ton of games. And I think that's what qualifies him as that hidden gem candidate. I had that actually verbatim in my report on him was that, uh, he might slide under the radar for a lot of teams. I just frankly didn't get a chance to look at him and won't have him on their list. But uh, teams will have him on their list because of his frame. He's got a really good size, 6'3", 180. Uh, so he's uh, projecting really well to be a, the type of goalie that uh, you want to see in terms of his size. But uh, what stood out for me was less his frame and more the way he thought the game. He was just, he seemed like the type of goalie that agonizes over like, the minutia of the position and just the way he, he plays on the post and the way he plays each situation. He, he was a really smart goalie in, in my eyes from the games that I saw him play. Um, it's just the way he read situations was different than uh, you just see normal, normally bigger goalies. You have more room for error so that you're, you're less, you know, inclined to be on, on point to a T because you have more room to play with if you're a huge goalie and, and he had the size, but he was still so on point. So that, that was what really stood out to me. And, uh, he does come with some physical flaws, you know, he just, uh, he loves doing the, the pop-up recovery, which is when you both feet at the same time, which it shows great leg strength, but it's not exactly the best in most situations. It usually means he gave out a rebound right back out front and that's why you have to get up that way. So there's a few little details of his game that, that show his age and show his inexperience a little bit, but man, that's, that's not a red flag in my eyes. If that's the only bad thing that I could notice out of his game or little things like that. Uh, that's the kind of goalie that I want to have in my system under my wing to sort of watch develop, right? It might not jump off the page of you on the, of you as a top of the list draft goalie, but man, he could, he's the type of goalie that's just ripe to, to turn into something potentially. So uh, I think it's uh, another really shrewd pick by the abs. It was uh, part of why I really liked what they did in this draft. It's I'm, I'm actually I have his elite prospects page open in the background because when I need information, that's the first thing that comes up. And is that it mentions he sees and thinks the game in an old school kind of way. Yeah. And I'm curious uh, what that means a little bit. My co-host has dipped out on us. So, <laughs> um, well, we'll figure that out. But and she is back. I could ramble for a while if you. There we go. <laughs> um, I guess I think I'm... we all took turns like dropping out. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, so yeah, the question is, he thinks it in an old school way. Can you just kind of elaborate a little bit on that? Because like, I'm really curious as someone who wants to know more about goaltending and knows nothing about goaltending, so to speak. Sure. Well, yeah, like, it kind of leads just into his style a little bit more uh, is what I was kind of commenting because I think Elite Prospects actually pulls that from my report. So that's that quote you saw is actually from my report on him. But uh, yeah, it's, it was talking about the pop-up recoveries. It's still sort of an old school thing. You don't see it as often these days, but also just plays off the rush and plays from sharp angle. Uh, he used, uh, I've seen, so seen him bust out this position that we call VH, uh, which is when you have one leg straight on the post. And you sort of have your other leg down in, in the opposite of what reverse VH is, uh, which is very less common these days. You don't see goalies bust into that too often. But he was he was doing it every so often when the when the timing called for it. Usually, if it's when the puck was a little bit further away from the net, 
and he knew that it was likely going to be a pass across. So it's like I said, the little details like that, that you wouldn't normally see, you know, a six foot three goalie just sort of play it, you know, straight and narrow the way that every goalie coach teaches. He, he kind of does it his own way a little bit and thinks of it in a little old school kind of way, which I really like. I think it's what you need to see. It's what sets you apart a little bit from the other goalies in the pack. I think. I, I guess my question with this is because he played in Quebec, which means his coach and his, you know, general manager and all these things, he played for Patrick Waugh. Do you? Sure did. <laughs> and I'm not going to, I don't want to give Patrick Waugh undue credit unless he has actually earned that, in which case, you know, bravo to you. Does that, do you think that that has any kind of input in there that you are learning from one of the greatest goalies of all time as your coach? <laughs> I don't know how much he deals with the goalies or if he has his own goalie coach that does this, or if he just takes that into his own hands. But I'm curious that that old school mentality a little bit with that, if that mm-hmm. plays into playing for Patrick Juan Quebec this past year. I, I just certainly hope he's too young to really remember much about Patrick <laughs> Waugh because the, I don't get starstruck often, but the, the one time I remember being starstruck, starstruck was doing a scrum with Patrick Waugh when he was head coach of the Avalanche. I just, the one time I kind of zoned out and went, whoa, that's, that's freaking Patrick Waugh right there. So that's the one <laughs> time it's happened to me. And so I hope that doesn't happen to him being it his coach, but uh, I have talked to other goalies that have played for Patrick as their head coach and he does have a goalie coach there working with them. Uh, he does offer his input when it, when it needs to be, uh, but he, he's very hands-off with the goalies mostly when it yeah. comes to the coaching side of things. He leaves it to the goalie coach for the most part uh, on the day-to-day. But yeah, he does obviously have his say when it comes to it. And it's great having a mentor like that on the staff, right, to, to sort of guide you. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I <laughs> I just hope he's, Quentin Miller's case, he's just too young to really understand the full impact of what Patrick Waugh has uh, done for the game and done for goalies, because uh, I'd be a little nervous playing for him if I were him. That makes me feel so old. It's like, ah, yeah, I was too young to watch even the end of Patrick Waugh's career where I just go, I'm just crumbling to dust in the <laughs> background here, that it's like, no, that wasn't that, oh God, it was over 20 years ago at this mm-hmm. point level of uh, that. I, I'm... I guess the last thing here before we kind of move into our final segment, just to talk about other goalies in the system and things like that. Like you said, he's got a modern frame where he's six foot three. Yeah. He's obviously going to grow into that a little bit. And like, we look at some of the Canadians goaltenders here, Jake Allen's a little bit more average human height, you know, six foot tall on six foot one on a good day. <laughs> but then someone like Samuel Montebo, Caden Primo, even Carey Price, when he was still playing fit, seemed to fit that more modern style size but we've seen one of the best goalies in the nhl in the past couple years been uc soros Mm -hmm. size doesn't really dictate how a prospect is going to go devin levi is not a big goaltender but he was one of he was the best one of the best goaltenders i've seen outside the nhl in recent years size isn't impacting you know what his game is at right now at least from what you've seen is it no i that's why i said i was kind of surprised to see the way that he played because a lot of goalies with that sort of size and frame get for lack of a better word, lazy, you know, they just play the generic blocking sort of style that you've come accustomed to over the the course of the last 20 years. So I think uh, that's a positive in my eyes that, uh, you know, I was, when I came up, I'm 32 and I was the first generation of goalies that were taught the butterfly from the very beginning. And what I learned as I got older, and I, I wish I figured out at a younger age is that a lot of times they coach that sort of old schoolness out of you. And I had a hard time actually knowing when to to sort of go into desperation mode because I was so you know hellbent on staying focused on such a positional and technical way of playing. And to see goalies now that are six foot three breaking out of that shell a little bit and understanding that they need to be a little bit old school, 
to me, that's that's a really good quality. And it's something that I know personally, I was never a great goalie, but it was something that I personally needed to get over and understand that, hey, you, you need that little bit of voice in the back of your head to say, hey, give up the technical stuff and just get something in front of that puck. And and he has that, right? And he, he has that for a big goalie, which to me is really exciting and, and what I like to see in a goalie prospect. I know fans are going to be thrilled here. Another, you know, Quebecois-born goaltender who seems to be, you know, having that path on the way up here has had a really good first season in the QMJHL. Seems to be a really underrated pick here that, like I said, I didn't know much about him, but I looked at his numbers and just glancing at that going, hey, that looks kind of neat. I don't know much beyond that. Let me ask (laughs) Greg when he's on the show here about that. I'm glad that we have so much more insight into that, but we have – just some spitballing left to do in our final segment. And it is Alex Newhook week now, apparently at, at Lockdown Canadians here. And Greg, uh, having worked with the BCHL, might have a little bit of insight in that in our final segment. That's all coming up next. But one of our other sponsors today is Bird Dogs. And folks, if you want comfortable, great looking shorts to wear all summer, Bird Dogs has you covered. They are the stretch khaki short that fit thimmer, slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They're great. I wore them wine tasting in the Finger Lakes. Cool, refreshing. I look fantastic while I'm drinking wine in a place that I definitely do not belong. I cannot recommend enough. And if you go to birddogs.com slash NHL and enter promo code LOCKDOWNNHL, you're going to get a free Yeti-style tumbler with the Bird Dogs logo on that. That's birddogs.com slash NHL or promo code NHL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You're not going to want to take your bird dogs off with as hot as it's been this summer. You're going to look good. You're going to feel good and you're going to look great. Trust us. We are back here at locked on Canadians and you are listening to this on Thursday, which means I have to throw this little promo in here. Send us your mailbag questions at LO underscore Canadians, locked on Canadians at gmail.com tweet Laura at the active stick or myself at Scott Matla. If Twitter has not gone down in flames by then, we are welcoming a very special guest today. We have Greg Balakov, EP Ringside. He's their goaltending expert. Uh, we're entering our final segment. We are very sad to see Greg go here because <laughs> we can talk about goalies all day. And if we let Greg talk about goalies all day, I bet he would on this show. <laughs> uh, I, I And I don't know how much you have on this. A lot of people are really interested to see what Jakob Dobish can do for the Laval Rocket this year because he was he came – he was picked. He came over, played a couple of years, I believe, in the USHL, went to Ohio State, mm-hmm. and came out of nowhere, had a really strong season on an Ohio State team that's maybe not as good as some of the other teams in the Big Ten, and ended up with his entry-level contract, signed with the Rocket. And Caden Primo's kind of caught in limbo that we don't know where he's going to be. It seems like Dobish is going to play a good chunk this year. I don't know what kind of scouting report you can give our listeners on that right now, just because I honestly, I don't know as much as I would like to. I know he is again, a big modern style looking goaltender, but outside of that, I am, I'm at an end for my expertise here. (laughs) Well, I watched a lot of NCAA this year with the the scouting, the the kids for this year's draft. So I saw a lot of Dolbish and you know, he's, very exciting to me. He's another guy that uh, he's uh, high on my list in terms of the prospects available for the Habs. He's uh, got some flaws. It, it, there's going to be, a, he's just exciting to me because he's going to be interesting to see how he does as he transitions to the pro game. He's wildly aggressive. He, he like, There's no doubt in my mind, they're going to have to reel some of that back, but man, he gets to some of those backdoor plays. Like he somehow gets reads and is able to stretch across and get to some of those passes 
even with that extreme depth, he, he's just he's an astounding uh, piece of work to watch sometimes. <laughs> and fans are going to love it. I, you know, he's highly entertaining. If you were to start an NHL 23 and tell me to you know create the perfect goalie, it's his frame, you know, like 6'4", 190 to 200. Like that's the ideal frame that you're looking for in a goalie because there's a lot of debate now that you can be too big as a goalie. You get to the 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, you open up too many holes once you get moving. So there's a downside to being too big. And he's right in that sort of money area where he's he's got the size, but he can still move and he's not opening up too much. Uh, he gets across so well low along the ice. He just takes the entire lower portion of the net away. Uh, and like I said, his his reads off the rush are are so interesting because he has that extreme depth that I was talking about. Where he comes way out of his crease, but he gets there. And it, it's it's going to be very interesting to see if he can do that against experienced, patient AHL shooters at Laval. It's funny that you say extreme depth because one thing we've seen a lot with goalies is not coming too far out is that they're sitting too far back in there and they're just kind of I don't want to say making themselves like a willing target but like they're sitting so far back that they're not cutting an angle at all here and this seems to be the 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 fun and I'm going to say fun uh opposite side of that here because I look at a guy like Caden Primo who seems to not always challenge shooters in the way that he should in the AHL he's Mm -hmm. been very good when he's not having to come too far out of his net, but when things start going bad, he just kind of shrinks in there. And Dobish seems to be the opposite end of that, where (laughs) he just takes it personally and is just going to be more aggressive the next time you challenge him here. And that to me just seems wildly, and I'm going to say fun again, because I haven't (laughs) had a chance. I haven't had to cover him playing for the rocket yet, but I am, I am thrilled to hear that he has that aggression in him because, and you as a goaltender can probably confirm this, you got to be aggressive when you're playing in the net to a certain extent. You don't got to be, you know, diving out there after everything. But if you allow yourself to be too passive, you kind of pr- create the same issue, correct? Yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, it's a give and take, right? The more the more aggressive you are, the more backdoor you're conceding, right? So as a goaltender, it's always a balance that you have to play. That If you're very confident that your defense can take away that backdoor option, you can be as aggressive as you want, right? So it's a lot of it's mental. A lot of it comes down to confidence when it's a play off the rush like that, where you're talking about uh, just how far he comes out of his net initially. Uh, So, yeah, I think there's a a pro and a con with that, right? He's going to need to reel that in a little bit because I think once you get to the AHL level where there's patient, experienced shooters, if you push that gas pedal harder and just are more aggressive next time, they're just going to outweight you, go around you, and they're going to score all day. So we saw that similar issue with a guy named Mikey DiPietro. Came through the Vancouver system here. He was a guy like that. You know, you challenge him, and he would just come at you even harder the next time. Well, that works in junior when you got 16-year-old kids coming down on you. But when you have a 32-year-old man with, you know, a family and <laughs> played in the league for 10 years, a goalie flying out at him is not going to make him panic. He's just going to wait, 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 and go around you. So it's it's a huge adjustment curve for a goalie that plays that way, which is why it's a little scary, but also exciting to me to see how he transitions. But yeah, it's uh, the depth is something to, to keep an eye on with, with Dobin. So I, I'm actually going to toss this over to my co-host, who I unfortunately have talked over for most of this. Laura, it's, it, it's, it's Alex <laughs> Newhook week here at Locked On Canadians. Do you want to tee up one final question for our wonderful guest that has nothing to do with goaltending and everything to do with the Canadians newest signing. Right. So peek behind the curtain. We are recording this right after uh, Kent Hughes signed Alex Newhook to a 
uh, million dollar four year contract. Uh, and we're wondering, the big question mark with him is what happened in Colorado because he doesn't seem to have lived up to his potential. Uh, do you think that high upside is still there? Absolutely. And I'm totally biased. I'll say this right from the get go. You know, I'm, I'm someone that's been rooting for him from the beginning because of his BCHL ties. And, uh, but I, I got to see him firsthand for, for two straight years. And I saw him develop over the two years in Victoria that he played. And you can, the only other player I can even compare him to is Ken Johnson, who is another, you know, super high IQ guy that just needed a couple more years to develop, which is why he went the route that he did through the BCHL. And, it's the hard to impossible for me to, to say that he doesn't have that high end potential because it's, he's, he has it. He's one of the, the best players uh, with hockey IQ that I've seen uh, come through the BCHL system. So, you know, every Colorado reporter and expert that we've had on, on my day job on sports at 650 ha have said that just, it was uh, you know, a role that he wasn't ready for yet in Colorado that he just wasn't able to step into that. Nobody blamed him for they, nobody was mad at Alex Newhook that he wasn't able to perform at a, a super high level, but they knew that he was going to get there at some point and they just weren't able to, to get him into a contract in Colorado. So I, I think it's a huge you know, bonus for, for Montreal that he sort of just landed in your lap or they were able to, to have the, the bid for him that they did because yeah, in, in my eyes, he's, you know, I've seen a lot of players come through the BCHL. Very few come in the Alex Newhook conversation in terms of uh, the ability to see the ice and, and it just, just make his teammates around him better. He made, every other player on his line. So like Alex Campbell was the guy that he played with. If you look up his numbers, he's a Nashville Predators draft pick now, and he made him look amazing. And, and he still is a pretty decent prospect. One of the fastest players in that draft class, but he's just, Alex Newhook is the type of player that you, you can just see that he opens up time and space for his teammates. And, you know, I, I really think he can do it at the NHL level if you just give him a, a couple more years and sort of wean him into the role rather than throw him into it like he was in Colorado. And give him the right line mates. I think one of the things the yeah. Canadians seem to be is stockpiling people who are extremely intelligent or see the ice a certain way. And even if it's somebody like Sean Monaghan, for example, who's, who's extremely injury prone and obviously on the on the decline in his career or somebody up and coming like Newhook or Kirby Doc, like there's something that they have in common is the way that they see the ice. And for whatever reason, I think that's what the Canadians are just kind of trying, trying to build together. So I'm really encouraged by what you just said, because the <laughs> fan base has been very torn. I mean, it's it's the Canadians fan base. So obviously <laughs> it's going to be polarized no matter what. But they've been very torn about this trade and as well as this as, as this uh, contract. So I'm excited now. I'm, I'm hype now. Thanks to you. <laughs> Everyone's going to say, who is this clown? We hated the draft because of all the goalies and we hated the new hook trade. And he's tell us it's good. They're, they're, they, here's the thing is they're going to hate the draft until they have the goalie Megazord. That is my headcanon is that they're just going to, they're going to take a defenseman off the ice. and They're going to have three goalies and forget about it. New rules in the CBA and everything. Uh, we do have to wrap up the show and Greg, thank you so much for lending us, you know, a half an hour, 45 minutes of your time here. Do you want to tell our listeners where they can find your work across the internet and where they can follow you on social media? If they want more uh, goalie puck doku questions or just <laughs> more goalie analysis. Well, you can say you can get me on Twitter until it collapses. Uh, <laughs> my handle, you can see at Greg Ballock, B-A-L-L-O-C-H. I'll be on threads as well, I guess, if, uh, if that's the backup option for now. Uh, and you can listen to me in the mornings. I'm on uh, Sportsnet 650 locally in Vancouver. Uh, we're also on uh, just nationally on the Sportsnet Radio Network this week on the Halford and Bruff Show. 
so if you can listen to me in the mornings, if you want to catch some of my goalie takes, that's normally uh, where you go. Other than that, just stay tuned to EP Rinkside. That's where you'll read most of my musings on uh, goalies as the year goes on for the upcoming draft for the next next slew of goalies to come through. I, d- <laughs> I doubt Montreal will be as active in the goalie selections. They might be, but I, I doubt it. I just don't ever try to guess what Ken Hughes is going to be at this point. It's all that I have learned at this point in time. He's going to trade for like UC Soros next year or something, the way everything else has gone here. Uh, Make sure you're following us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Our next episode will be Thursday night. That is the Friday mailbag. So send us your questions. LockdownCanadians at gmail.com. Subscribe wherever you get your daily podcasts, Google, Apple, Spotify. Subscribe on YouTube so you can watch more videos like this one. Uh, Follow Laura at The Active Stick. Follow myself at Scott Matla. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you all next time.